for knowing us personally, knowing each one of us. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that you accept our thanksgiving, that you may have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins. And uh, we ask, O oh Lord, that you bless our panel discussion this evening and uh, that you give us uh, a blessed time and a time where we learn, O oh Lord, that we hear your word and learn and meditate on it, reflect on it. We ask, O oh Lord, that uh, you give us uh, your guidance through your Holy Spirit, O oh Lord, who dwells within us. Help us to be sensitive to your message for us, O oh Lord. And, and uh, we trust and have faith, O oh Lord, that you have a, a plan for each one of us. As you said, that your plan for us is to prosper us, to make us successful. And, uh, and so, O oh Lord, we pray that you be in our midst and bless uh, all the panelists and, uh, and uh, Abunabutros and all the servants who serve in EDGE and all uh, my brothers and sisters who will join us uh, live today and those who will see uh, the recording and hear it later on. I pray this in your name, Lord Jesus, through the intercessions and the prayers of the Holy Theotokos, the Mother of God, St. Mary, the prayers of St. Athanasius and all your saints. Here says we pray to you, thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Abu Uh Wonderful day, like the feast of uh, Jonah coming out of the uh, belly of the fish. Uh, uh, so, so, so today, uh, of course, we're still we're still unfortunately under the impact of uh, COVID nineteen still, and uh, every day after day, uh, COVID does not stop to surprise us with new things and many challenges on many fronts, uh, uh, and especially for us for this group. Uh, I want to acknowledge that the pandemic has significantly impacted uh, uh, the single adults who want to get in relationship uh, that leads into marriage and even those who start the relationship and want to assess relationships uh, everything is closed <laughs> restaurants are closed coffee shops are closed uh, even visiting houses is is kind of restricted so i just want to express that truly my heart and i'm sure the heart of our guest speakers and everyone uh, a feel for uh, this painful uh, feelings of frustrations, anger, anxiety, insecurity, and sense of hopelessness. Uh, uh, but we're always reminded of the words of our Lord Jesus Christ when he said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Uh, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world, John 16, 33. So today we have three amazing, cheerful guests, uh, uh, speakers specialized in the area of relationships. Uh, they are in the uh, 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 vocation of helping people uh, find coping and creative ways to navigate through the challenges. And by doing this, they provide great hope to many people. And tonight we have this hope with us. So they gladly agreed to provide this wonderful hope uh, and their help uh, uh, to, to, to this group to be with us. So our three guest speakers, uh, first, we have Abuna Bishoy Wasfi, uh, who's a, a Coptic uh, Orthodox priest at the Church of Virgin Mary, St. Athanasius. Uh, he's also a registered psychotherapist with the uh, uh, College of, Psycho, uh, of Registered Psychotherapists uh, of Ontario. 
uh, counseling individuals, couples, and families, uh, and certified facilitator of prepare an enriched relationship assessment tool for prepare uh, for premarital and marital uh, counseling. Uh, so uh, beside his ministry, he's doing this counseling uh, service. Uh, he has a master's of divinity, marriage, and family counseling, and has a doctorate degree in Christian counseling with focus on interracial couples and families. So welcome, Abu Nabshoi. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. We, thank you. We also have uh, Hanan Hanna. Uh, is Hanan joined with us? Yes. yes. All right. I, I'm having technical difficulty today. Unfortunately, not a good time, uh, but I'm using my iPad, so I'm limited right now. So I'm navigating uh, uh, very cautiously here. I don't want to touch anything. <laughs> uh, so we have Hanan Hanna, who's registered psychotherapist uh, with the College of Registered Psychotherapists of Ontario. She's counseling uh, individuals, couples, and families. Uh, Hanan is a certified uh, facilitator for preparing enriched relationship assessment tool for premarital and marital counseling. She has a master's of arts in counseling, psychology. Uh, this is beside, his, beside her, of course, uh, uh, service and ministries that uh, she serves in the church. Uh, we also have Justin. Justin Michael is a registered psychotherapist with the College of Registered Psychotherapists of Ontario, counseling individuals, couples, and families as well. Uh, Justin has Master's uh, of Science in Couple and Family Therapy from University of Guelph uh, and Master of Arts in Social and Personality Psychology from uh, York University. And he uh, likes to give talks and speeches in many, in many meetings. And he promised that probably we're going to make use of him and his talents more frequently uh, in, uh, in, in Edge and I'm sure other meetings as well. So I want to thank all our uh, guest speakers, Abuna, Hanan, and Justin. Uh, I also want to thank all the audience who uh, submitted their questions, uh, because because of your questions, they are wonderful and amazing questions. Uh, really very, very nice. So thank you uh, for participating in submitting the question. Uh, we try to group them according to their relevance to answer as many as possible, which might be a challenge with the time that we have, we're gonna try to stick to uh, around maybe maybe 75 to 90 minutes uh, uh, max. So based on the groupings of the, of the questions, based on the votes, how you voted the questions, the ones that you like to get receive answers for, they kind of fall into uh, one of the following ca general categories. They are either about expectations. So you're gonna be hearing questions and answers about expectations in relationships when, what, and how to disclose personal information in relationships, uh, assessing relationship compatibility and age difference and seriousness, uh, and, and, and uh, also what, uh, what should the role of each gender be uh, finding suitable partners, especially during the uh, pandemic time. And one of the very hot questions, uh, actually, we receive many questions in different wordings, different aspects about online dating. So you're going to be hearing today about online dating as well. And uh, you ask about creative tips for meeting potential partners during the time of this uh, pandemic. So uh, we're expecting uh, our guest speaker, they are ready and equipped to uh, help us with this, navigate through this as well. And of course, another group about uh, breakups, uh, what happens in the breakups, uh, 
and how to navigate through this. Uh, 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 we have also one of the edge servants, Marina. Uh, she's uh, tackling the technical aspects and she's gonna be presenting the questions while I am reading them and presenting them to uh, our dear special uh, panelist. So uh, I also encourage you to uh, use the same Slido. Maybe if you wanna post more questions, I cannot promise that we're gonna get to them tonight. Uh, so use the Slido to post more questions, to do the voting and God willing, we're gonna, this is gonna help us in planning future maybe sessions or similar uh, panels uh to be able to answer these questions as much as possible so without any further ado i'm sure everyone is anxious and waiting uh to hear answers to the questions that you that you submitted so uh, i would like to start like the first question is about expectations uh and this is for uh, justin so justin i'm going to be reading the question uh and if you uh, uh kindly answer uh the question about the expectation so where do you draw the line between settling lowering your expectations and being realistic that no one is perfect and a similar one what are some non-negotiable uh negotiables that shouldn't be wavered on during the dating phase to ensure a healthy long-term relationship or marriage okay all right so uh, thank you so much Abuna Botros, uh, for that. And before I answer any of the questions, I, I just wanna say I'm so grateful to be here. It is an honor to be uh, to be in the EDGE meeting and to be amongst Hanan Hanna. I, I learned from her, I don't know if she knows that, but I look up to her. And uh, I of course look up to my fathers, Abuna Shoy and Abuna Botros. Not only are they amazing priests, but they went so far to get extra education to become therapists. Uh, like, so they're doing what I do and more. So it's, it's really inspiring. So it's an honor to be amongst them. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm honored and I will be happy to answer these questions. These are things I'm very passionate about. So I'm, I'm excited. So the first question about where do you draw the line between settling slash lowering your expectations and being realistic that no one is perfect. So first of all, I'm glad that whoever asked this question put in being realistic that no one is perfect, because that is so important, because the reality is no one is perfect. So the first thing to do is really to sit down with yourself and ask yourself, what are my expectations? Uh, and, and that's the baseline, is how you feel about your own expectations. Is your gut telling you that these are too high, or are they telling you that they're too low? One way of measuring that is to see if you meet your own expectations. Mm -hmm. So make a list of these expectations you have and then ask yourself, okay, which ones of these do I meet? If I want someone who's emotionally available, how emotionally available am I? If I want someone who's vulnerable, how vulnerable am I? If I want someone who's attractive, how attractive am I? Um, so it can be a humbling experience. Maybe you find that your expectations are too high because you yourself don't really meet them. In that case, what you can do is um, instead, like before even trying to figure out if the person you're dating meets those expectations is to uh, start working on yourself um, or maybe examining maybe your expectations are too high for anyone, right? Of course, no one is perfect, but also no one is close to perfect, except for God, of course. 
So the next thing to do is to look at these things that maybe bother you about this person you're dating, these, these flaws or these things that are kind of irritating you. And then ask yourself, how important are each of these? Are they, are they important things or are they things that irritate me, but at the end of the day, they're things that I can live with? So you may find yourself irritated that your partner that you're dating, um, maybe they're a little bit messy or maybe they take a little bit too long to reply sometimes. Or maybe you find that you don't like the way that they speak to waiters. You know, so there's, there's, there's different kinds of things that some may be more important than others. So here are some guiding questions to ask yourself that I find helpful in figuring out if a person uh, may have some qualities that may be crossing that line. So the first thing to ask yourself is, how do I feel when I'm with this person? When I'm with this person, do I feel happy? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel stressed out? Do I feel worried? Um, that's very important to figure out first. Next is, how does this person make me feel about myself? That's another very important one to figure out. Because if this is someone you're going to marry, you're going to spend the most time of your entire life with this person. And if when you're with this person, you feel maybe inadequate, or you feel like you're in constant tension, that's something to pay attention to. Another thing is how proud am I of this person? Uh, this person, again, is going to be maybe the closest person that will represent you, be part of who your identity is. So if you feel like, you know what, I like this person, but I, I really, I feel embarrassed whenever this partner is talking to other people. That's something to pay attention to, something to think about. Attraction is also important. I know a lot of people will ask me like, you know, how important is attraction? And I think we'll get to this, but in short, it is important to be attracted to your partner. Doesn't mean that you have to marry a supermodel, not at all actually. Uh, but if you're hoping that attraction might develop, it's possible, but at the same time, sometimes you're just not attracted. And sometimes that uh, that is something to pay attention to. So something more important than this is, is the person willing to work on themselves? I personally would rather take someone who is trying to self-improve and become a better person and a better, a better Christian, a better partner, uh, than someone who is high up there, but maybe has a sense of they don't have any desire to grow, any desire to work on themselves. They're not open to feedback. That's also something very important to think about. Um, one last thing that I'll throw in there, things that maybe we might have grown to think are very important that my thoughts are that they're not as important is um, if the person has divorced parents. Uh, I know that we draw a lot of assumptions about someone who like their family, what would happen in their family, what their family was like. But my invitation for you is what's more important than considering if a person has divorced parents is their beliefs and values about marriage. You can have someone with divorced parents that now they don't believe in the sanctity of marriage. You can have someone who had divorced parents, but now they believe even more in how important marriage is and take it even more seriously. And there's, there's a bunch of other things I could go on, but uh, 
maybe this is good enough for now. I know that we're gonna talk about a lot of other things in the other questions. Great, actually, this is great start. Thank you, thank you, Justin. This is, uh, this is amazing. Uh, anything that you can share about non specific non-negotiables? Mm -hmm. So non-negotiables in terms of the dating phase. Mm -hmm. Uh, so what I think is very important to look out for is how they treat the people closest to them. Uh, mm -hmm. If you notice that the person tends to maybe use their power to control situations, I would really watch out for that because that might end up being abusive. Uh, I would also look out for... Um, maybe a person's willingness to be vulnerable. Uh, vulnerability takes time to open up, of course, but I would be hesitant about entering into a long-term commitment with someone who refuses to show any vulnerability with me because then I'm not marrying someone that I know. And I may not ever know that person unless if there's vulnerability. Um, so those are two very important ones. Of course, there are things that go without saying. Make sure you align in terms of faith. Make sure you align in terms of goals. Make sure you align um, in terms of your expectations for the future. Have conversations about whether or not you want to have kids. Have conversations about where you want to live long term. Um, those things are, are very important. And, and, and let's assume that spiritually things do match. Perfect, perfect, great. Thank you very much, Justin. Thank you. Uh, Abunabshoi, we have a set of uh, questions for you, and it's about disclosing information. So uh, uh, what kind of things should be disclosed on both ends before committing to each other? Uh, at what point do you disclose chronic illness to the other person? What if, the, what if it is infertility? Uh, to what extent should an individual's past, shameful past or past relationships be shared with their partner? During the dating phase, how much personal information should be disclosed? Example, family problems, personal struggles, darkest secrets, their spiritual life, etc. Thank you, Abuna Butros. And again, I'm very happy to be with Edge. I love being with Edge and, and with Abuna Butros and uh, uh, paneling uh, with Hanan and, and Justin. I think this is the first time with Justin uh, and it's a great pleasure. And uh, I've, I've done panels with Hanan and Abuna before. So it's, it's a great opportunity to tackle some of these questions. And I wanna say this is a very important question, this one here, very critical. And I wanna give a general answer first. So like a foundational answer. Generally speaking, you want to build the relationship on honesty and integrity. And I, I, as soon as I say that, I'm sure some people will, will immediately say, of course. Well, of course we have to base it on integrity and honesty. Well, of course, um, or the ideal answer is one thing. And then when you are in that situation and you have this burden of disclosing something that you'd rather not disclose uh, becomes a different issue. But first and foremost, you want to build a relationship on trust you want something that leads to into trust and honesty and integrity are key ingredients for a relationship to be built on trust and on safety safety here it means i feel i am safe with the other partner i feel like um there is nothing malicious 
nothing hidden, nothing that's going to come back and bite me, nothing that I will uh, be so disappointed not knowing to start. So th that I would say that's the general um, answer that I want to give uh, first and foremost. The question is, what do we must disclose? So from a church perspective, um, there are things that we have to disclose. Uh, one, due to, of course, the principle of honesty and integrity, but also because marriage is built on, uh, uh, on that virtue of honesty. And if it is not, uh, it could be cause for annulment of marriage. Uh, that, that becomes a little bit of a serious matter. Uh, if, 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 for example, uh, here is one disclosure, illness, an illness, a certain uh, uh, a chronic illness uh, that the person... Uh, did not disclose, of course, knew of, is being treated or not treated, but is aware of, it's a diagnosis of a sort, and that the person does not make that known to their partner, and then it's discovered later on, whether it be physical illness uh, or psychological, mental health type illness, all that stuff has to be disclosed uh, so that the person who is agreeing to marry uh, you uh, would do that based on their knowledge of all these uh, these matters. So things that you would disclose would be illnesses. Now we're not talking about a cavity that you filled. Huh? We're not talking about that stuff. We're not talking about an occasional headache that you get here or there. Huh? We are talking about more uh, uh, chronic illness uh, uh, and other type of, of diagnosis. And I don't wanna mention specific ones here or there, but I think you, you get, you get so for mental health, again, stuff like that uh, would be important to disclose prior to the marriage, of course, and during, during the dating time or the courting time. Uh, also family planning. So you don't wanna get married to a person who surprises you after marriage that they don't want children. And you never talked about this. So that's, a, that's an important piece of marriage that needs to be discussed prior. Uh, also, number of children. I, I, it's, not, it's not that critical, but I think it would be important to discuss prior to the marriage. Infertility. Um, if known prior to the marriage, must be disclosed. Of course, this is, a, this is something very critical and important. Uh, again, people do expect to have children going into the marriage. And so if uh, one of the partner is infertile and they're aware of that, they're aware of it, they must disclose it to, uh, to, to, to the other person. Now the hot topic, should we disclose sins? Should we disclose uh, relationship uh, 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 base sins or relationship uh, uh, or sins that would come out in past relationships. So um, sins that you have repented from are forgiven. And this is something very important that we as Christians re realize and live and preach. Sins that have been committed previously, if they were sexual sins and so on, they are forgiven if you have repented from them and you're not actively living in them. So um, in general, I say there is no need to talk about them unless, unless one, you feel it's important that you speak about it. And you feel that this is something that you want to be very clear and uh, open about with your partner, and you don't want to hold back on this one. Um, so that's one if. Uh, or if your partner specifically asks, says, I just want to know, have you been involved with someone before? And um, yeah, and you would answer. How far you would answer, I go back to the original principle of saying, 
do not, if something is forgiven, it's forgiven. Are you going to sugarcoat it? No, you're not. But I don't, I don't advise that people speak on negatives too much. It's enough to, to respond and, and respond to the question. Um, and if they ask further, then you respond further and so on and so forth. And hopefully you and your partner are under the guidance of a spiritual father. Uh, again, if you, if you are in, in the church, within the church. There's a cultural piece here that you ha we have to realize. There's a big cultural piece on this one. Um, and so um, in, in Middle Eastern cultures, yes, there is more of a concern on uh, whether the, the, the wife or the woman is a virgin or not. Uh, you wonder in Christianity, it should be equally important. <laughs> uh, whether you are a male or female, it should be an equal, an equal thing. However, there's a cultural piece here on if the person who lost their virginity uh, is discovered or not. So I'm speaking very transparently here. Uh, obviously with a woman, it is easier to identify a loss of virginity post-marriage uh, than it is uh, for men, uh, almost impossible uh, for men unless you know uh, other things are shared and so on and so forth. Uh, and so if this is something that is brought up and asked, then you can respond to that. Um, and again, the cultural piece here plays an important role. Uh, I find that some cultures, some generations are more forgiving than others, but I know that Christ is forgiving to all who repent. And that's my principle on this matter. Um, you know, when would you disclose something like that? Well, the more the trust relationship rises, the more the intimacy, meaning you understand one another, you connect with one another, you feel safe with one another, the more seamless and natural you'd be able to open up and speak. So I cannot tell you this must happen in week one or must happen in week uh, 50 or, or, or 30. It happens when the trust and safety and, and intimacy uh, it kicks in. Um, you're not, you know, you're, you're, on your first date, you're not going to seat someone and say, by the way, I have high blood pressure and I do this. And I don't think it's going to work like that, but it's going to come as you feel more and more comfortable with one another. And um, as a final uh, general principle, disclose what you believe impacts the other and the relationship. So there is definitely room for privacy things that just pertain to yourself in the sense that they don't impact other people. Uh, and there, is, there are other things that are called secrets. And those are ones that will impact the person that's going to commit their lives to yours. And uh, therefore those need to be disclosed. I, I just hope this uh, sheds some light uh, to, the, to the question. Maybe we can come back to some of it later on. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Abona. If you would allow me kind of a quick follow-up question that we just received. Uh, is it okay to talk about my past relationship with my partner and keep bringing it on the table frequently? Uh, so based on what I said, Abuna, uh, I hope that from what I answered, they can take on this part where I said, sins are forgiven. Let us not speak of the negatives. Or if we do, we have to have boundaries for them. We have to speak with a purpose. Uh, and that's it. The relationship cannot revolve around negativity of the past. Uh, however, having said that, there are people who cannot go beyond those negatives. Uh, when, when matters are disclosed to them for one reason or the other, 
they, they cannot go beyond it and they begin to be a little bit fixated on it and they keep asking and asking. And my experience uh, uh, with couples that have gone through that is that the relationship usually ends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great, thank you, Abuna. Thank you, this was, this was amazing and clear. Thank you, Abuna. Uh, we have a couple of questions to Hanan. They are uh, kind of related. And it's about uh, culture component and the uh, privacy of the relationship. Uh, uh, so how private should the relationship be, especially if you live in a community like ours, <laughs> where our people talk, if things do not go, if do not work out. Uh, uh, second one, uh, in a relationship where uh, two are getting to know each other, who is supposed to know and who should not from their friends and family? Thank you, Abuna uh, Butros, for having me among those uh, among the panelists uh, uh, to be with Abuna Pshu and Abuna uh, and yourself and Justin. It's a privilege for me. And just to let Justin know that I too am proud of your work, the work you're doing, uh, just being a male therapist and uh, being a male therapist in our community. So I believe you're doing great work, Justin. So I too, I'm watching you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's very kind of you. I'll keep that in mind. And I'm learning from you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and and uh, so definitely, uh, it's a great, great topics we're discussing tonight. To tell you the truth, I needed myself to do some research on those topics because not to make myself look old, but I've been out of the dating game for way too long. Um, so I needed to kind of refresh myself and also how we used to date back then. It's totally different from now. So I'd like to acknowledge that things have evolved over the past you know, number of years. So definitely what I know of dating is totally different than what's really happening in the dating scene now. Um, and I think as our culture has evolved, as our, um, you know, the second generation are growing up and into the community, uh, dating is a lot more accepted, a lot more, you know, acknowledged. It's kind of a phase where couples, they do go through. And actually, I would say it can be encouraged and recommended because that's the time when you really start to evaluate the, uh, the person you're dating. So definitely dating is um, a risky and a difficult time um, of a person's life. Um, but before the dating starts, there is that period of the season of being single. And I believe this time of being a single is a time for devotion to God. So this is a time when you prepare yourself, you um, uh, kind of work on yourself, work on your relationship with God, and then once you get into the dating, you move from the dating to the engagement to the marriage. So the dating is like the evaluation part. Once you get to the engagement part, this is actually when the union, uh, kind of a beginning of a union happened where actually two lives starts to emerge together. Two families emerge together, finances start to emerge together, we're working on the wedding. So, and we're busy during engagement. So really the dating part, the dating season is a time when we're actually, you're starting to examine and evaluate each other. So I think it's, it's, it's a very important time. So who should know from the community? I would say during the dating um, season, not the engagement, this is a time when it's like, I would say there's four people in this. There's God, there's the two people, and then there is friends, community. As much as culturally, we don't wanna tell everybody and culturally may not be accepted, 
maybe as, as far as who should we tell and who should we not tell. Um, but I think it's important to involve the closest friends, to involve family, to involve people who you value their opinion. Your father of confession, a mentor or a counselor, older couple who you trust, people that you think can watch you and kind of tell you their opinion because we may get infatuated in the dating time. And we're so excited about, about each other. We're so excited we're in each other's lives that we may miss things. We may not be so sure about things. So I think having um, people watch us um, and, and give us their opinion, it's not such a bad thing, especially people we trust very much. So I'm not gonna tell everybody, but I'm gonna tell people who are closest to me. And I would um, actually, I would encourage to, for you to do this. And the other thing that really can be helpful in letting close people to you know, is they help you catch the foxes where they can actually help you um, kind of, kind of um, you know, you again, you get excited, you may be one-on-one, -on -one, things may happen. So you don't want things to move on too fast. So they can actually be there to help you say, you know what, you gotta slow down, you gotta watch out for these things, you gotta um, take care of these things before you move on to the next phase. So again, it's having somebody to watch us, you're actually guarding yourself from going too fast, too quickly into forward without knowing you're 100% sure about each other. And that would be my answer to this question. This is great. This is great. Thank you, Hanan. Thank you very much, Hanan. Uh, now I have questions for Abuna Bishoyev, but, but, but actually I have a quick question for Justin. If you would allow me, Justin, it's not here in the list. Uh, it came through kind of, uh, I'm curious about Slido, uh, which Justin has access to. Some people are wondering about your uh, social status, Justin. My social status. I know, th I, I know the answer. Are you single? Are you, oh, uh... <laughs> are you serious? Some people are asking about that. <laughs> Probably your fiance is not going to be happy. <laughs> well, there you go. That's they the answer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so just wanted to clear this out of the way. Yeah. Probably, probably Sarah is watching, so want to welcome her. Uh, <laughs> Thank in you. The, in the <laughs> yeah. in the audience. <laughs> I wonder if people are uh, going to use that information in in how they hear what I share. So I'm curious about that. So yeah. Maybe uh, uh, we're listening to you, and now they're gonna stop listening to you. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. No, no, no. This is the, the, this is from experience, <laughs> experience, and in in, in in many aspects, learning, practical, practical life of dating and engagement. And actually, I I know that your 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 engagement is on YouTube. So anyone who uh, would yeah. like to see it, please go ahead. Yes, check it out. And I, I like how it has a talk in the in the uh, in the yeah. proposal engagement. <laughs> yeah, we're both public speakers, so it had to be a talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I convinced her that it was for CTV, the uh, the Coptic television the channel. So that's how I got her to dress up and everything. It was it was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Abu Nabshoi, we have a set of questions for you about compatibility. Yes. Uh, how do you know that the person you're dating is the one and where does God's will fit in that process? Uh, another one similar, what are some questions to ask another person early 
on that uh, early on that are indicative of their personality besides the big ones like how committed they are to price and career. Another similar one, what if the person has a lot of great qualities, but you do not have strong feelings towards them? Should you stay in that relationship or move on? And another one, how important is physical attraction in finding relationships? So group of questions about compatibility. Yes, Abuna, they are, and they are quite related uh, uh, under selection compatibility here. Um, I, I, I want to give some practical tips. And uh, the first thing I would say um, uh, in answering the first part, how do you know that the person you're dating is the one? Uh, well, first of all, uh, the way God works is he works with harmony. He works with peace. So God is a God of peace, not a God of disturbance. Disturbance comes from our uh, uncontrolled passions. They come from our um, uh, uh, dissociation or, or lack of connection with God. So I, I know God's voice when I'm connected with God. I know God's voice when his peace fills my heart. Um, but I also know God's voice through the mind that he has given me. Uh, and, and, and guess what? Feelings are born in the mind as well. So we speak about the mind as being the rational part and the one that, that, uh, that, that has the thoughts and all. And we think of feelings as in the heart when feelings are actually born in the mind. They are, they, you know, it's mm. the, the feeling center, the amygdala is right embedded within, within the mind. So I think it's important um, uh, to look at some criteria. And um, uh, I want to borrow from Prepare and Enrich because Prepare and Enrich uh, is quite useful in this. And it looks at the level of agreeableness. How far do you, as two people, agree over nine different areas? And I'm, I'm going to, if you want to take this, jot this down, uh, whoever has asked the questions or for others. Uh, the first thing I would look into is religious beliefs. <laughs> the questions that you would ask, do we have the same faith? Do we believe in, 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 in the same values that are born out of our faith? Do we, do we uh, have the same kind of uh, life, uh, uh, you know, uh, connected with God and Christ and tradition? So one is, would be religious beliefs or, or faith. The second area of compatibility would be communication and conflict resolution. Um, and these are areas we can improve in. Uh, it's not like you're, you're coming perfect. But the question is, how agreeable are you? How, how can you work together uh, in communication? How can you solve problems better with one another? I'm going through this very quickly. The third one is partner style and habits. If you hate the certain habit and you're surprised your partner has that habit, well, I have news for you. You're stuck with that habit forever and ever, of course, if, 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 you, if, you, don't, if you don't reach to a point of divorce uh, and so on and so forth. So partner style and habits are important. Um, also sexual expectations, and, 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 and that's an important thing to discuss uh, as you know you are in your engagement period or, or prior to your marriage. Personality and character, not that you have to be actually like your partner. On the contrary, um, I have seen a lot of opposites attract, but the, the point here is how do we augment and, and complement one another's personality and character, and that's that's another thing. The how we fit this puzzle of relationship together is key. Um, financial uh, management. I, I thought about what money means to, to each of you. 
again, you say, is that important? Well, they say that the top three things that break marriages in North America, one of them is finances and money. The other one is uh, sexual expectations. And the third time is, uh, the third one is time. Uh, you know, lack of time or connection between uh, uh, the couples. So financial management is important. Also, leisure and interests. You share some common interests. You're gonna share an entire life together. So are, is there a point of connection over that? Uh, family and friends, are the families compatible? Do they, uh, do they connect with each other? Because marriage uh, in many cultures, one of them is ours and many others, by the way, is a marriage of families. Uh, you, have, you, you understand it's not just you and your partner, it's a whole bunch of other people as well that come into play. And if they don't come into play personally and physically, they come into play in you because you are the product of all these previous uh, other connections and relationships that you've had, including, of course, your, your own parents. And the, the, the last criteria or last area that you look into agreeableness in is relationship roles. Um, again, uh, what are your thoughts in terms of who's gonna do what, uh, whether it be a general thing or specific things in roles? So, um, uh, and questions that would revolve around these nine different or 10 different criteria that I just listed for you. But the question is, what if you don't have strong feelings towards them? Are feelings important? Yes, of course, feelings are important. They're not the only ingredient. They're not the only lens through which you will uh, evaluate this relationship, but they are nevertheless an important factor. What if the feelings are not there? The answer is you wait. You wait and you see, uh, and if those feelings are not growing, then you don't proceed. As I say, I, I couldn't be uh, you know, more blunt than this. Um, it's very important, it's feeling is important. Depends on, and the feelings, um, um, and I move from feelings to physical attraction. Is physical attraction important? How important is it? Well, it depends on you and how important it is to you. That's an important thing to, to to, uh, to ask yourself. It's one of the factors, and I would not dismiss it, and I think Justin mentioned uh, something about that initially. So it's one of the factors that you need to consider if it really matters to you, and most people, it does matter to them, and it is important. Um, but it's in the eye of the beholder. That's the thing. Someone you think is stunning and gorgeous and, 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 and so beautiful, to someone else may not be uh, as, as stunning and as beautiful. Um, I, I like this saying, it says, true love not only looks beyond the surface, but sees the surface with new eyes. So it doesn't only look, you know, it says, you know, it's, it's, the surface is not important. No, the surface is, is important, but with, with true love, you tend to see those, the surface in, in new ways. I love what Solomon said. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, Solomon uh, married 1,000 women. So um, as a male, he has experience. <laughs> and, and, and the Bible tells us that, right? But it was also his, his downfall for, for doing that, for doing all, uh, going all the way uh, uh, and, and not controlling those desires that, that he had. But he said something in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 30. He said, Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I think um, the same can be said about a man. 
as well. So is physical attraction important? Yes, it is. Uh, is it the only thing? No, it's not. Would physical attraction change if I get to know the person? Yes, it could. And if it does not change and if the feelings are not there and the, the, the attraction is not there, then I would say, uh, you know, proceed with caution to give yourself more time. But if it's still not there, do not proceed. Great. Thank you, Abun Abshoi, for providing this nice crucible of criteria, how to really uh, assess and look for the one. And mentioning Solomon, I read one of the humorous uh, pick line, pick up lines <laughs> that says, now I know why Solomon had 700 wives, because he never met you. <laughs> so this is a lie, a religious lie. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot to add the concubines, Abuna. The, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Abuna. Uh, we have uh, a question uh, to uh, Hanan. Uh, Hanan, uh, we have kind of three questions that are grouped together. They seem to be similar. So, and they're about the gender roles. Uh, uh, during pandemic, does the girl have a role to play in finding a suitable partner if online dating isn't preferred? Uh, or, uh, or trust that the, per that the right person will find her. Uh, how can you tell uh, whether you're being uh, complacent and not doing your part or being faithful and leaving everything in God's hand, especially as a girl? What should a girl do in situation where she feels that the guy treats her differently than everyone else, but he is scared to actually tell her his feelings? Very good questions, Abuna. And I, I guess I'm the only girl in the panelists, so I guess I'm going to have to answer this question. And since I'm a girl can relate, um, so just speaking from experience, knowing just girls and uh, that we are emotional beings, where we're definitely our emotions are, they come in front of us. Uh, so sometimes it comes to our mind during dating, how can I stay uh, emotionally pure? Um, and I will pick up the part about the pandemic. How do we handle dating during the pandemic? Maybe in the next set of questions, but let's just focus on our gender role as Abuna said, and our, just our role as, as, as girls and ladies, how do we do dating? Um, and how do we do dating in a godly way and as a, as a godly woman, according to God's heart. Um, so I know being emotionally pure, mm -hmm. it's on all of us mind. Like, how can I, you know, explore this dating scene, explore the, you know, dating someone, but at the same time, you know, um, guarding my heart and guarding my emotions, um, especially in the beginning part of dating. Um, so sometimes we get the impression that in order to be emotionally pure, I need to build a wall or I need to guard myself and hide behind that wall. And that's not the intention at all is to be behind a wall. If um, in order to be emotionally pure, I would still need to take a risk. However, um, because dating is a risk and I need to be to work on 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 starting to share with um, my girl, my boyfriend, you know, uh, a part of who I am and share part of my emotions. And at the same time, just to kind of guard myself that way that I don't share too much too quickly. So just to sum it up in three main points that I think can be helpful in the beginning of a dating uh, phase, 
Um, and again, I'm just talking at the beginning part. We're not talking about getting into more of a serious uh, dating phase or more into the engagement part. I'm just talking about the beginning part is to keep life balanced, how that you, you continue to be able to do what you enjoy doing, seeing your friends, continue seeing your friends, even if you're dating, continue to be involved in sports if you like sports. Don't close up the door on yourself and say, you know what, now that I'm dating, I'm just gonna let go everybody else. Uh, because that would just make you put too much pressure and too much on the relationship and on the person you're dating and he becomes your outlet. He becomes your emotional outlet. And you don't want to do, do that at, in the beginning of the dating uh, time. You um, need to keep things still balanced out. Give yourself time to, for this relationship to grow. So that way, if you're in it too much, too fast, that's not going to help the relationship to slowly grow over time. I would say uh, point number two, uh, just beware of daydreaming. Daydreaming meaning... Uh, we've been dating for a week. I just met this guy. We've, we've been on two, three dates and I'm already dreaming about him being my husband. Uh, and I'm picturing my life, how we're going to be together. I can already know the number of my children. Uh, I already know their names and we've already, uh, I've already in my mind set up my honeymoon where we're going to, uh, you know, do things where we're going to. So just moving too quickly into this in your mind, again, puts a lot of seriousness on the relationship and on the person and that just takes away from you getting giving yourself the time to get to know the person so again jumping in too quickly too fast to he's my future husband or that's who i uh you know i see myself with for the rest of my life forever and ever um that just that's that just again you're moving too quickly um again the idea of having a soulmate he's my soulmate or i'm looking for my soulmate or my other half to complete me I don't think God created us incomplete. We're all complete human beings. We don't need anybody to complete us. Um, and again, if we take the time before we start dating to focus on God, to focus on figuring out yourself, that's when you kind of get to know really yourself. So when you're with somebody, you don't need anybody to complete you. So, um, and again, there's no such thing as a soulmate that he's, he's the one and only. So just taking your time again to get to know the person, bring some rationality and being reasonable about the relationship, about the phase you're in, that also gives you the time to really get to know the person. I would say uh, uh, point number three, which I kind of already said in what I'm, when I was saying, let your relationship grow slowly. Take your time to ask mentors, ask counselors, ask your father of confession, ask your friends, uh, go out together and, and be in places, watch him um, interact with others. Just take your time, what, just figure out how he treats you. Like watch this, when you guys get into a fight or an argument, how do you guys repair from this? How do you guys, does he stop calling you once you're in a fight? Does he distance himself from you? So what does that say about him when you really, actually already together on a serious note, right? So watching these things throughout the dating phase is very important, how you guys do this together. Um, and I, I believe, again, as I mentioned earlier, if we keep our eyes fixed on God, so we're actually both fixated on God, we're both in this journey doing this mm -hmm. together. We are both chasing God together. So we're both on this journey. So we're not fixated on each other each other's each move, each, each other's each word. What is he saying to me? What does he mean by this? 
if we continue to just look at God and look at Jesus, I think that would just make uh, things go a lot more smoother than just be just fixated on, you know, is this right? Um, uh, how am I doing this? How is he doing this? And, and that sense of anxiety just creates a lot of unnecessary emotions in the beginning of a relationship and a lot of drama that we can completely avoid or at least try to avoid if we just take things slowly and make it some sort of a balance in how we do the dating. So hopefully that Thank was helpful. You. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Helena. Thank you for uh, uh, hitting on soulmate because actually this is one of the questions that just came as well uh, about the belief of a soulmate. So thank you very much. Yes, this was really very helpful. Thank you, Hanan. Uh, have a question, couple of questions for Justin and they uh, also seem to be related and it's about a, a, a breaking up relationship which is common to happen uh, how can we maintain a friendship with a person even after a relationship did not work out? And how do we move on from a failed relationship or a relationship that broke, uh, uh, especially if the other person did not hurt you, but it just did not work out? Those are some uh, really great questions. Um, so for the first question, how can we maintain a friendship with a person even after a relationship didn't work out? I think that I'm curious about what is the intent behind that question? Uh, I think that I can imagine two main categories of uh, motivation for someone wanting to stay friends with uh, an ex. So the first one is that maybe they feel like, well, you know what, this is a great person. You know, they're not the right fit for me, but I think that we'd actually be great friends. And the other motivation I can imagine is that it's like, oh, you know what? It didn't work out, but let's stay friends because maybe, uh, maybe it might work out in the future. So I think depending on your motivation, the answer to, my, to that question, my answer changes. If your motivation is to get back with that person, then I think that friendship may or may not work. Um, I'm a big believer in respecting people's boundaries. So if your intent is to get back with that person, but you're hiding it in hopes of the person will fall back in love with you or give you another chance again, then again, it's, it's similar to what Buddha Bashoi is talking about, about uh, a lack of honesty. Uh, and it's important to be honest. And I think it can also be harmful for you if you are friends with someone that you're just really, really hoping to be in a relationship with. It can be torturous. And I think for your own well-being, um, it's worth it to uh, explore how you deserve to be with someone that actually does want to be with you. But that's not to say that people don't get back together. It's not to say that friendships don't turn into relationships, but still, I would be cautious about this one. But if your intention is rather to just maintain a friendship with someone that you admire, you appreciate, and you feel like, wow, you know what? It's not, it's not the right person for marriage, but I think this is a great person for a friendship. I think that, <clears throat> first of all, you know, obviously we're talking about uh, mixed uh, gender relationships. So I think that it is very possible to have friendships with people of the opposite sex. And it's, it's a healthy thing, in my opinion, with, of course, healthy boundaries. Um, but with an ex, it's not impossible, but I think that their boundaries become even more important. 
especially if you or the other person often eventually are in other relationships. Uh, so I'd be mindful of maybe um, what does my partner think, what what what's important, what would be uh, appropriate. Uh, but let's say you know boundaries are no longer an issue. You're not worried about. And by the way, I'm sorry, my my cat insists on joining uh, the the, uh, the panel, so I'll just let him be here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's he's a very affectionate cat. He's a very relational cat. So he's. he's I'm sorry, we did not introduce the cat as one of the guest speakers. No, speaker, but no now, problem. Now is a yeah. good time. Yeah. Say hi, Finnegan. He's <laughs> he's really uh, he's full of love. <laughs> um, so as I was saying, um, assuming that boundaries are in place and that there's no risk of the friendship becoming crossing boundaries that are dangerous uh, and both new partners are totally okay with this friendship. Uh, what I think is very important for being friends with someone who is an ex is that there is time in between the two relationships so that there is time after the relationship ends before beginning the friendship, a cool off period perhaps, because if you're like, okay, let's break up today. It's not working out. Um, and then tomorrow, let's start our friendship. That becomes really messy and dangerous. Uh, it can get really easy to get back into relationship mode. It takes time to reset your the way your brain conceptualizes this person. And even after a good amount of time, it can be easy to fall back into that way of relating with that person. So I think time is very important. And perhaps even, even having, you know, feelings, making sure the feelings are gone, if that's your intention, is to not get back in a relationship. Um, it doesn't hurt to communicate with an ex. Uh, it, I know some people are like, you know what, you break up, just cut off communication. That's a tactic that can be helpful for certain situations. But if your intention is to be friends with uh, an ex, it doesn't hurt to communicate that, to talk about it and say, hey, you know what, like, even though this didn't work out, I think we're, uh, I think, you know, we'd actually be good friends. How do you feel about that? And never impose a friendship, um, never guilt someone into being friends. If they're not comfortable, maybe they want space. Uh, it's very important to be respectful of boundaries. And if you feel like you're not comfortable with an ex being friends with you, if, if an ex is trying to be your friend and you feel like, you know what, I feel like I want distance and boundaries, do not hesitate to communicate that. It's very, very important to be honest and to, um, to stand up for your boundaries because you have every right to put up those boundaries for your own well-being and you shouldn't have to worry about that. So that's, that's a very important piece in my opinion. So I think that, that answers the first question. The second question, how do you move on from a failed relationship, especially if the other person didn't hurt you, but it just didn't work out? Now, I love this question because a lot of clients will be unhappy in their relationship and then they're just like waiting for something wrong to happen. They're waiting for their partner to be physically aggressive or they're waiting for, they're hoping that, you know, there's infidelity or something because they're just looking for a way out. And I think that this speaks a lot to our nature of it's hard to be in a gray area we tend to want things to be black and white, it makes it easier, it makes it simpler. It's like, look, you know what? We got 
divorced or we broke up because there is abuse, there is infidelity, whatever. It makes it kind of easier and clean cut. But I can understand when things, when there's maybe the person didn't hurt you, it feels, it feels hard to move on. Like it just didn't work out. So if that's the case, um, I can understand it being harder to move on, but I would, I would personally be curious from this person, what exactly makes it hard to move on? Is it because um, I am struggling because there's no one, nowhere to assign blame? So maybe I'm assigning blame to myself. It just didn't work out because maybe I'm not actually good enough. Or it just didn't work out because, you know what, maybe it was about my past or something. And that that's why my ex, um, you know, said it didn't work out. But, you know, maybe he didn't say why. But maybe it's, you know, ever since I spoke about my my past relationship history. Like, so if the struggle is you're, you're gravitating towards blaming yourself, then I think that that's something worth exploring, worth working on. Um, something that I find very helpful in this situation is also helpful for those who are afraid in the first place of putting themselves out there. A lot of people are scared of even trying to date others or even expressing interest in others because they're so afraid of rejection. And so I think that this tip I'm going to share applies to this as well as to this question about how do you move on from a failed, failed relationship. So the idea is that if a relationship doesn't work or a proposition for a relationship doesn't work, then it's not a rejection of me. It's not that I am inadequate but rather it's that the fit wasn't right and that's okay. So even if we dated and then it didn't work out, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's because I wasn't good enough. It could just be that we're two different people, like a, like a square in a circle just didn't fit. That's okay. That happens. If I put myself out there and I, you know, uh, put a question on Slido saying, you know, who else is wondering if Justin is single and he turns out to be taken, Again, it's not that you're not good enough necessarily. It could just be that, again, not the right fit. Some people are taken. Some people are just not interested. Give you a quick analogy. If you go to um, a shoe store and you find beautiful shoes that you really love and you think, that, you know what? I really want to buy these, this pair of shoes. You try on the pair of shoes and they don't have your size. So you can't buy it. You, you don't buy the pair of shoes. It doesn't mean that your feet are bad. It doesn't mean that the shoes are bad. Just not the right fit. So that's exactly it. So that are my answers. Those are my answers to those questions. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. I think this is very important to highlight because this is a common feeling in uh, a breakups, like uh, I'm not good enough or the other person. Uh, so trying to find the fault in, in either self or the other person. So I think it's good to identify this. I see a raised hand. Yes, Hanan. Yes, if I may add Abuna to uh, what Justin said, which he beautifully mm. answered this question, very insightful, a lot of good information. But I'm gonna, I would like just to take this question from a girl's perspective, because I can just imagine a girl who would be asking this question. And I would say for two reasons. Uh, I would say the first reason is after a breakup, will I be able to find somebody else? Will mm -hmm. I be able to, you know, this was a good person. 
you know, why it did not work out? Is this something about me? And, 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 and again, I bring it back on me as Justin said, but also my fear of moving on, moving forward, exploring a new, per a new relationship. There's that fear about me. Am I, can, would I be able to find another person? Am I good enough for another person? So there's a lot of shame with the girls. And the second thing may, may be with uh, how much emotionally invested I was to begin with, with the first relationship that just broke off, right? If I was that much emotionally invested, as we, I did talk about, uh, you know, a few minutes ago about the daydreaming, he's my husband, and now I'm breaking off with my husband, right? So again, how much emotionally I was involved in this. And I would say for girls as well, if there was any sort of intimacy, in that relationship in the dating phase unfortunately this does happen we cannot we can just not deny this um so if i do put that forward in the dating and then we end up breaking up what what now right so that's why holding off any sort of physical touch any sort of you know more than you know no some sort of intimacy holding that part in the dating phase will make it a lot easier for me to walk out if I need to, because we're just not the right fit for each other, as Justin mentioned. But if I already put this into the dating, it makes it that much harder to break it off when we don't work out. So I think that's very careful why the church, why the Bible, why it's recommended that we hold off that part and we don't get any sort of physicality in the dating phase, just because it can mess up things. It can make things complicated for, for especially for girls, I find. Yeah, great. Thank you, Hanan. Thank you, Hanan. Very helpful. Thank you. Would, uh, I, would I be able to just speak on those yes, points yes, really yes. quickly about that? Because I, yes. I really appreciate that, Hanan. I, I totally missed that. That was uh, very helpful that you, you brought those perspectives because I didn't think of that. Um, I'd love to share a, a few thoughts about that. So the first is about um, shame and moving on past to new relationships. Uh, I think that we cannot separate ourselves from our past. So if you are, if you have a history where you've been in a relationship, and even if you have been physical together, um, you can't separate yourself from that. Like, like you, you can't change the past. There is, of course, um, confession and repentance, which is spiritually very healing, but it doesn't you may feel like I can't, I can't undo what I've done um, physically, right? Uh, what I do wanna say about that is that now, this puts you in a position where something to look for in another partner, in the, your future partner, is someone who can be understanding, compassionate, gentle about those things. I think it highlights the importance of compassion, of, of patience, of understanding. So sure, there may be some people that if you have a history of dating someone else, maybe even a physical history, they would write you off. But now it puts you in a position where, you know what, I don't want to be with someone who lacks the compassion or lacks the understanding of that. Uh, and maybe you were struggling because you felt like if I were with someone who had my history that I have now, I wouldn't want to be with them. It's a great learning moment to uh, invite you to some self-evaluation about what is actually important. Is it about reaching the standard of perfection or is it about um, compassion and understanding and, and, and maturity, which my opinion is what Christianity is about, not this legalistic you know, bar for, for perfection. Um, 
which again goes into uh, actually, I lost my train of thought. So let's just move on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, we have right now one of the uh, a, a hot group of hot questions, and I think probably a lot of people have been uh, waiting for this. So maybe some people say we're talking about breakup. We're talking about breakup. We want to get into a relationship. We're suffering during the pandemic pandemic we're not able to see people want to get into a relationship so there is a kind of a sense of maybe uh, anticipation longing anxiety and this is fair uh, uh, and and this is when uh, this is why this this question probably i'm going to ask uh, initially abuna pshoi to start it off for us and maybe i would ask uh, uh, justin and hanan as well to uh, uh, reflect on it and share their thoughts as well so a group of questions about uh, online dating uh, what does the church think uh, of online dating platforms? Uh, is there a stigma attached to online dating platforms? How would our often judgmental community view it? Is our Coptic church able to create more unified effort when it comes to uh, helping young adults meet, uh, such as creating an online platform given the pandemic? Uh, do you think it's immature to consider online dating fake and unnatural? Would I be lowering my chance of being in a relationship now and not adjusting properly? Uh, what are your thoughts on online dating apps? So uh, a few thought, lots of questions about, about, about online dating. And I would like maybe Abuna Pshoi to start us off with uh, reflecting on uh, some answers for these questions. Sure, Abuna. I'll try and be uh, brief and to the point, allowing uh, Hanan and Justin to jump in and say also what they think. Uh, first, the church has not discussed online dating. So the church has not officially uh, produced any statement regarding online uh, dating, and there is no uh, written stand or even uh, uh, openly discussed stand on online dating. And maybe this is something that the church needs to look into uh, if, it, uh, if it is that important for the, the children in the church, the children of the church, like uh, the congregants, and maybe this is something we can look into it. So what I'm about to give you is my personal opinion on uh, online dating uh, and online dating apps. Uh, I think of, of uh, 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 getting to know someone is triggered or initiated by different means and ways. So it could be that you met someone, hey, here, here is the one that everyone uh, uh, you know, wishes they, that they, they have. Uh, someone you meet at the bus stop or someone you meet at work or something seamless where you, know, you begin to develop this natural feeling um, without any effort, without any formal introduction, just something that happens on your own. That's, I, wanna, I wanna say I'm not belittling any uh, form, I actually want to level all forms. In my opinion, there are different ways of getting to know someone, at least what I call the initial ignition, right? So uh, there are many different ways. One of them is online dating. So I'm not, I personally am not against online dating, but I have a few guiding principles. Uh, one, I would say that uh, it should be a platform for serious relationships and not, uh, you know, casual relationships, because there are apps out there for casual relationships and things that don't have a goal for marriage. So that's the first thing I would recommend that it, it be a, an online dating platform, specifically in its vision 
to help people connect in serious long-term relationships leading to marriage. The, the, the second thing I would, I would advise that it be a Christian platform. Again, uh, uh, as one of the criteria I had mentioned to you earlier, religion and religious beliefs are quite important. And I say this not only as a priest, but as a Christian, as someone who values faith. And I know a lot of people value faith and, and religious beliefs. They are at the core of the lives of many. So uh, I think it's important that you don't get yourself into a platform that's going to expose you to meeting with other people who do not share your faith. Not that this is not workable. Remember, I do hold a degree in interracial marriages, and, and I, I, I did do a lot of work with interreligious marriages, not as much as interracial, though. Uh, but yet it's another thing you need to work on in the relationship, and it's not, you know, it does require effort. It does require a lot of effort and, and to work through, uh, through, uh, through something like that. So uh, a third thing is that it'd be a reputable dating platform. So read reviews on the platform. Have an idea of what this platform, uh, what other people think about this platform and what are the comments that are being said. And like I said, this is only a way of connecting with a person, initiating the relationship. What you do with the relationship after is something um, different it's just it, it will depends on it will depend the relationship will depend really on what happens after the initial um, uh, uh, introduction um, and maybe here I'd like to throw in my opinion again trying to open up the mind of people I know some of you will not like this very much but opening up your mind to even traditional way of getting to meet someone it's the the in, I know this holds a stigma I was surprised to, to see that there was a question on whether the online platform holds a stigma. Maybe it does in the minds of some people. I think everything almost in this world holds a stigma in the minds of some. So uh, it's just whether you are doing something that you believe is right. And like I said, there are guiding principles to a technological tool that can help and be quite useful, um, not just during the pandemic. So I'm not saying this to, to kind of uh, 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 work through the pandemic, uh, not at all. I think uh, these, would, these were my views pre-COVID and uh, during COVID and post-COVID-19. It's the use of technology to connect with people. Don't be too harsh on yourself in saying, uh, am I immature? I think, I think that's not a helpful, uh, uh, way of thinking if you if you think if you're wondering about this i think many other people are wondering about the same and um uh i i think i i'm i'm open to the idea given the principles that i that i uh, stipulated just uh, just earlier now and maybe hanan and justin can add to that Thank you, Abuna. Thank you, Abuna. I, I like your analogies but before. I like your analogy about the ignition. So it's a kind of reminding me of a car. So you have a car, you have you ignite it, but then moving is a different story altogether, which is the a lot of crucible that, that you mentioned. So it could be a good ignition, but this is just a pilot and there is a lot of work behind it as well. Very good. Uh, 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 Hanan and Justin. Do you, do you want me to go ahead? Sure. Yes, yeah. go ahead, Hannah. Okay. Um, just if, if you mind, if you don't mind, Abuna, to excuse just my me questioning this, when somebody says online dating, what do they mean by it? 
are we talking about a, a dating platform, like a dating app? Or are we talking that you actually met somebody online or are you dating them online? Like through a, like it's a long distance relationship and the means of communication is online. Like I kind of just want to, you know, because whatever we mean by this, it means different things. Um, if we're talking about dating apps per se, I would say just like, I would definitely agree with the Boonap Choi, like what, what kind of a dating app are we putting ourselves on? Like what, what are we exposing ourselves to? Because we got to remember, as Justin mentioned earlier, like what are our goals or expectations or what are, what do we want in our partner or the person we're choosing to be married to eventually? So our, if we're going to go and, and find somebody on a dating app, um, what is the potential of finding somebody there who's going to meet those goals? If my goal is to be in a godly marriage, somebody who, again, we are walking together this journey towards the kingdom of God, towards heaven, I got to ask myself those questions like, what are the likelihood of me finding somebody on a dating app who will have this share the same goals with me that will be on the same page. So from the get go, I would think we're starting off on the wrong foot, unless we do our by chance find that one person who's on that dating app who do share the same goals that I have. However, I know there are now apps uh, for Copts, like Coptic Orthodox dating. Right, so that app, I, 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 I think it's a great idea. Yes, as Coptic, we may have difficulties meeting other Copts. Uh, with the pandemic, it's very hard. So getting an app like that or a Christian app, yes, definitely that I would, I would think it's a great idea to meet people who we, we may very likely be on the same page um, and, and we're starting off on a good note. So yeah, I think it's, again, we, it, it would be the same idea as going to a convention or it's the same idea as being in uh, at church doing various, you know, service and activities and that way we meet people. Because yes, we do wanna find a, a platform where we will, we will meet the potential one. So, so yes, I, I, think it's, I think if we can start off on that note, encourage, you know, finding like a spot where I can meet somebody, I think, I think it's why not. Um, however, if we're talking about online dating, as, a, as Abuna said, like means of communication, using technology to connect, especially during the pandemic, um, again, this is a mean to communicate. So definitely that's something that I would definitely think it's, it's encouraged to through texting, through uh, meeting virtually now during the pandemic. So definitely the technology has actually helped us uh, to continue the dating season during this time of pandemic. So that would be my answer to this. Thank you, Hanan. Justin? Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate the answers uh, of Abu Shoy and Hanan about this. Um, I'd, I'd like to just add to that a little bit. Um, so I know as a, someone who was single at some point uh, that there is some stigma associated with some um, dating apps, for example. Um, now, what I can appreciate about some uh, about dating apps in general in comparison to the uh, the in-person options is that with uh, dating apps you have complete control so I'll give you an analogy often um, a platform to meet people that is often discouraged uh, in our community which is like going clubbing um, the expectation when you go clubbing is that you know you're exposed to the dancing and drinking and all of that and 
And, and so there's an expectation there. With online dating, my understanding of it by pure, you know, uh, the pure fact that it's you choosing what to say, you have complete control over who you speak to, what you say with that person. So if you'd happen to decide to put yourself out there on a dating app that may not have the best reputation, um, if you are intentional that I'm going to use this platform to look for someone that is a good match for me, if you are even expressive about that, you it is it is possible to to find that. I think that um, a lot of dating platforms have certain reputations, but a lot of people are surprised with what they can find. And I will self-disclose, um, check out my wonderful proposal video, uh, which was in a church, uh, someone who I'm going to marry in the church. I met her through a dating app. And you know what? There, for me, there's no shame in that because it is just another method. It's an extension of human desire to connect with other people. All it is is allowing people to connect with other people who are single. So in fact, there is a some benefit to it in the sense that it takes away the guessing of who is single, who is not. It takes away the awkwardness even for a lot of apps about who is interested in you and who is not interested in you. So there is a lot of, um, there are some benefits to it. Of course, there are a lot of disadvantages to it as well. I think that it can be used in addition to other methods, including in person, including, um, you know, through through network and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, I think that it's very important to be to be clear about your intentions um, when you're using it uh, to other people. Because if you are clear on your profile, for example, uh, then that also can filter the kinds of people that connect with you. Um, so I just kind of wanted to offer that other kind of perspective. Uh, I hope that that was okay and appropriate. Yeah, I, I actually thank you very much, Justin, for sharing your own personal uh, experience. I think it means it means a lot. Thank you very much, uh, Justin. And I, I just want to put a kind of a, a disclaimer to everyone that that that, that uh, we we have a, not not a bad disclaimer. <laughs> it's a it's it's a kind of that. Uh, people who are listening right now, they come from different backgrounds and walks in life, meaning each one could be in a different stage in their life. They have certain beliefs. Maybe they were brought up in a certain way. Uh, maybe some people kind of wondering, what silly question is this? Of course, it is okay. And maybe maybe some people are asking, I'm wondering, are they really going to answer this question? Uh, so, 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 so there is an extreme of, of, of audience and there's an ex uh, a, a spectrum, I mean, not extreme spectrum uh, of audience, spectrum of mindsets. Uh, 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 I, li I like how what, what was kind of the common idea that it is one of the ways it is, it is, it is, it maybe it suits some, maybe it does not suit everybody. It is kind of, uh, I like what Abu Nabshu said, it's an ignition, uh, but then there is a crucible, there, 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 there is work, like, and Justin said, like, like, uh, and Hanan, like, like you have to find a purpose and you, hind, you, you have to find kind of the qualities and you have your basics. And for me, kind of watching uh, your proposal video, Justin, I think you did a good job that you, that, that you put this into practice in terms of using, using online dating. But with this, you had a clear criteria. What is it that you are looking for? And I, I really like that, that that the faith component was one of the 
top ones because I think this makes sense for a Christian yeah. to be joined with a, 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 a Christian. So, so yeah. thank you, everybody, uh, Abuna, Hanan, and Justin. And, and, and maybe another question that is, that is equally important, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to hear uh, from our special panelists some, some other creative ideas, like, like the pandemic is, 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 uh, is, a new, is, is, is a new situation, uncharted territory. We're facing challenges for the first time. We don't know how long it would last, how long would it finish. So I have a question right now that I'm gonna uh, uh, ask for Justin and, sure. and, and invite uh, uh, Abuna and Abuna Abshoy and Hanan to share their thoughts about, uh, as well. It's about, so what are some good healthy ways to meet a partner? My church, so this is one thing. So someone is in a church where have community uh, uh, within this age group, it's hard to meet someone uh, uh, at another church uh, 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 on a day visit. So if I just go to another church, just one visit, so it's, that's gonna be difficult. So what are other tips? Uh, uh, any other ways to meet people these days? <laughs> uh, 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 I think this is a valid val valid struggle and it's, it's really valid. How do you meet a partner in the midst of the pandemic? So uh, I, I guess the expectation is to listen to maybe some tips, <laughs> mm -hmm. what to do. Uh, mm -hmm. during this the challenging times? Oh, I love these questions. Yeah. Um, so number one thing I want to say is that in my experience speaking to a lot of single people um, and people who have found a partner is that one of the biggest obstacles to finding a partner is the lack of putting yourself out there. It's maybe uncomfortable for some, maybe more comfortable for others, but essentially you are marketing yourself. You're marketing yourself as a as a product, as as a service. You are people out there who are potential buyers. If we're using this analogy, have to know that you are available and and willing and offering kind of thing. It's kind of like if you open up a business and you put it in a corner and never advertise. It's unlikely people will come see you. So it is important to put yourself out there. Whatever you take from that, take from that. Um, but what I do want you to take is that as embarrassing as it might be, it is a growth experience to overcome the shyness, maybe uh, to overcome the insecurity, to make yourself vulnerable, to go out and put yourself out there, whatever means that is, whether it's like we were just talking about online dating or even walking up and having a conversation with someone. So that leads into the next question or um the next part of the question, which is good, healthy ways to meet a partner. This is what I recommend. So there's a lot of, I could list a whole bunch of examples, but I think this analogy might help you understand. You're single right now. Start by dating yourself. Now, what do I mean by that? You don't have to necessarily light a candle for yourself and then switch chairs and talk to yourself. Not necessarily, <laughs> but you know, ask yourself, if I were going on a date, what would I enjoy doing? Go and do that. If you enjoy rock climbing, go rock climbing. If you enjoy going to whatever, like uh, certain activities or sports or whatever, go and do that. If you enjoy service, if you enjoy volunteering, go and do that. Go and enjoy your life as a single person. And you're more likely to find someone compatible with you if you are doing things that you enjoy because that person will probably be doing it too. And there you go, we have something in common. And you probably have more time, more time than 
people who are taken and have kids. Um, so again, you're also more likely to come across people who are single. So put yourself out there, go and do stuff. Um, I wouldn't advise to just sit in your metaphorical castle, hoping and waiting for the day God just, you know, presents you this, you know, love of your life, uh, knocking on your door, your princess, your prince kind of thing. It's important to pray. Yes, it is in God's hands in big part, but like it, it, I don't think it happens like that where you just sit in your room and then one day God like sends that person to you. So, so put yourself out there and have fun doing it. Do the things you enjoy and grow. Um, connect with a lot of other people. Uh, right now in the pandemic, it's a little challenging because I would say go to events, um, volunteer, uh, do activities, all that kind of stuff. Go and learn, take some courses, additional courses for fun, learn a language, all that, even travel. With the pandemic, it's a little bit more challenging. So um, what I would say, so yes, uh, my church doesn't have a community in my age. It's hard to meet someone at another church on a day visit. If it's your, uh, if it's important to you to meet someone who is of the same ethnicity as you, i.e. Coptic, uh, Egyptian, then um, find activities in other churches, uh, trips, uh, retreats, whatever, join those. Um, but now in the pandemic, it's hard. So let's talk about the pandemic. Um, so in the pandemic, it's a little bit more challenging. Again, you know, online dating comes up, but let's say you found someone that you are um, interested in getting to know. Um, but how can you go on a date? You can't really do this or that because of the pandemic. Now, as Abuna was saying uh, yesterday, uh, you can always go to other regions where things are starting to open up and you can meet there. So take advantage of that. Uh, but think of this as a long distance relationship. You can still be, you can still really get to know someone in a pandemic and spend quality time together in a pandemic if you're intentional with the time that you spend with that person. Maybe you've been texting and maybe you even did a FaceTime or something and you're lamenting over the fact that you you know can't go to your favorite restaurant and meet there you know like the traditional kind of date or you can't go see a movie together or whatever but that doesn't mean that you can't use the wonderful technology that we have now and sit with a person and have a, a zoom meeting where you're both sharing your own meals with each other you're both eating a meal at the same time as if you're sitting for dinner and it's a great opportunity to have a conversation if you'd like to watch some entertainment together, you can do it in person. You can always do it, again, over technology. There's things like, um, I think, Netflix party or something where you can both watch the same thing at the same time. And, uh, and then you can laugh and, and together and, and even the important part, have a discussion about what you watched, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you thought, et cetera. Um, you, can do, uh, you can play video games together um, or board games together uh, remotely. Um, these are other ways to interact with a person. So instead of, you know, going mini putting with someone in person, you can play some fun cooperative games um, or, or even some, you know, slightly competitive games and stuff like that. Reach out to me. I'm happy to recommend some <laughs> that might be fun for a date. Uh, so there are a lot of things that we can do. Thank God we have a lot of technology that can facilitate quality, intentional time together remotely. So um, I would not let the pandemic make you feel like there's no hope in getting to know someone, no hope in starting to form a relationship, assessing if this relationship is good for you.
Great, thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. Abuna Pshoy and Hanan, would you like I, to add anything to this? Justin, Justin covered it all <laughs> pretty much. But I also <laughs> noticed that there is another question for Hanan that is very similar. So maybe Hanan, you may have some points to add here. Um, I, yeah, I think it was a question. I don't know if it was a question about maintaining a relationship in pandemic. Is that the one you're referring yes, to? Yes, okay. probably this is the next one. Yes. Yes. And, and um, I think, yeah, just, I think Justin also covered it pretty well, but I would add to what he said, um, uh, maybe outdoor activity, right? That was something else that I had in mind. We can still do meet outside. Um, and go go tobogganing, go skiing, go on a hike. So it's not if it's indoor, it's not possible. Definitely exploring other options outdoor, and that also helps us kind of to get to know each other even a little bit better if we're really into these things and if we can share these things together. I would also add, you know what? Um, as we're doing things virtually, we can definitely meet to pray together. Um, to connect together with God's word, right? Couple who pray together, stay together. I, I, I believe that, right? So if this is something you can do virtually, so maintaining a relationship online, it, just as Justin mentioned, it's as if you're having some sort of a long distance relationship, which is actually doable. You can still be able to do that. And we can definitely during the pandemic get caught very quickly into the idea or the feeling more of a feeling than also an idea of, of loneliness, just feeling alone. And as also Justin put it nicely together, he said like, you can just be sitting in your room, hoping that something will fall on you, right? And, and the more we get caught into this idea of um, loneliness and I'm alone and there's nobody there for me, the more that we will behave according to those feelings where I may actually stop uh, accepting invitations, stop accepting calls, stop connecting with people. We think that social distancing mean, um, sorry, we think physical distancing means social distancing. No, it's not meant, I think they changed even the lingo with the pandemic, the, the beginning of it, it was social distancing. Now it's actually physical distancing that they're talking about, not socially. So we socially um, connect together during the pandemic. And I think even more so in the pandemic than before, where we now need to actually connect even more. So do pick up the phone, the old uh, school way of picking up the phone, dialing somebody's number and actually calling them. Uh, I think it was pretty, um, foreign to us in the beginning of the pandemic, actually when people started calling each other, right? Like, oh, I'm actually receiving a call and I need to pick it up. We're so used to texting. We're so used to emailing. I, I'm so used to connecting, DMing on Instagram that receiving a phone call, I, I think at one point now I needed to arrange where people, I'm going to call you at this time so you can pick up the phone because nobody picks up their phone. Um, so I think just really agreeing maybe on a time to really have a phone chat and just do it the old school way of really hearing somebody else's voice and having them hear your voice talk about your day right how was your day like what happened in your day um and and i remember in the back in the days when i was dating phone calls we would be on the phone for like an hour or two just talking and that was fun right and that's how we did it when we couldn't uh be out all the time right so that that's something definitely that we can do during this time so i think the pandemic yeah it had kind of socially or physically distanced us from each other but yet i feel we we are doing a lot of more connection 
uh, an emotional connection more than ever now than before, because now the means of, of being physically in the same place has it's been taken away from us. So there's a lot of emphasis on really getting back um, and connecting socially and, and emotionally. So that would be uh, hopefully that would that would be helpful for for people. Thank you, thank you, Hanen. Uh, if I also may share something that uh, I noticed, like uh, we also right now the trend is virtual meetings, and virtual meetings is kind of my recent pet peeves is black screen with two initials. <laughs> I would I would encourage people is this is a platform to be visible. Is, is not just your name, not just your initials, but you be visible. Like we have been deprived of seeing one another. And even when we see one another, we see one another with masks covering our, our, our nose and our mouth. Uh, so so, so uh, virtual meetings is a good time, is a good opportunity to be present with one another. Uh, 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 turn on your camera, be ready and turn on your camera. So my encouragement is, uh, uh, in your church meetings, in your family meetings, make sure you have meetings where your camera is turned on. Be ready and have your camera turned on and be visible. Uh, uh, and actually one of the things that we're trying to promote and edge to make, we, we call it kind of humanizing the virtual uh, interaction is to be present uh, by your video. And we try to engage people with conversations. So actually, uh, moving forward, we're going to try to do more of this. And I would encourage you, whether it's Edge or any other church meeting, make it, make the video uh, on. Uh, we, we plan to have uh, kind of breakout rooms to give chance for people to, in a smaller groups to meet and maybe discuss a couple of questions, which is something similar that we used to do in person, but we can still do it uh, in the virtual arena as well. Uh, uh, and, and maybe games, like a few times we played games, so we plan to do this, to, uh, uh, and we get competitive so uh, and fun, and I think we need this competitiveness and fun, uh, uh, e even for our mental mental health. Hanan, you have something to share as well? Yeah, just something very quickly, Abuna, um, when you mentioned the mask, like I'm totally agree, agreeing with you with the black screens, and but just something with the mask, just imagine like a whole new generation is born, not seeing people's face. Like just the babies that are born now, they just don't know what a facial feature or faces looks like because all the people they see in their environment is just people with masks. So definitely we are in a, in a time where, where things are really becoming different. So if we don't keep focus on really keeping that human connection and, and being able to see each other, it, it's going to be difficult moving forward after the pandemic. So just thought to put this out there. Yep. yep. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Hanan. Uh, I th uh, 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 for the purpose of times, I, I uh, oh, it's 9.45 right now. Uh, so we want, we just want to make it reasonable for people. So maybe we we'll take maybe a, a couple of uh, 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 more questions. So I think we've covered the question for uh, how you maintain a relationship. Uh, let's let's jump to uh, the following question, which is uh, for Justin. Uh, uh, how do you know if you're expecting too much from a partner or they are truly not putting enough effort? Uh, so this is in a relationship and kind of question about uh, uh, expectation and uh, uh, the seriousness while dating. How can you assess someone's readiness for marriage 
and uh, not doing it because of pressure, for example, from family, family culture uh, influences. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, I, I think that these are amazing questions and very important to explore. Um, some of this, I did talk about the, uh, the first question that I answered way back uh, when, um, but I think something that is important to consider in expecting too much is that it really can be a case-by-case -case thing. Uh, that's why I invite you all to talk about it with other people whom you trust, whom you look up to, whom you respect, whether that be uh, parents, uh, close friends, um, father of confession, and of course, a therapist. Uh, because again, it, it's really hard to say um, what is expecting too much, what is not expecting too much. But again, some general guidelines for you is uh, ask yourself, is this, if I were to expect this of myself, would this be too much? And if you feel like, no, I expect it of myself and I do it, but my partner doesn't, then again, the next question is, am I okay with that? Am I okay that my partner may not be the same way I am? So again, maybe maybe I'm a very clean person, uh, but I don't like doing uh, folding laundry, but my partner is making a mess everywhere, but they do laundry all the time. So does that work? Great. Or maybe it's something like, um, I'm, a, I'm a kind, understanding, forgiving person, patient. My partner is maybe rash and, and, and has a really big temper, whatever. You know, again, ask yourself, is that something that you're okay with? A good question to ask yourself in the dating period is, if my partner never changes from today, ever, will I be okay with it? Will I want to marry this person? If the answer is yes, that's a good sign. If the answer is no, and you're hoping that this partner is going to change for you over time, you're taking a big risk there. It's you have no guarantee that your partner is going to change in the direction that you want them to change in. And if you are taking it upon yourself to fix your partner, make your partner a project, that's um, a recipe for uh, some, some issues right there because uh, it, it creates a power imbalance in the relationship and, and it can get really messy and it's not so great. So ask yourself, if my partner doesn't change today, is that okay? Uh, so that's about expectations. Um, I, I think that it, it really would have to get about specifics. So I'd love to answer about specifics. Uh, as for dating and how can you assess, assess someone's readiness for marriage uh, and not doing it because of pressure from family slash cultural influences. Um, I think that if you're asking about yourself or your partner, it, it's, it's very, that's a, that's a, very broad question. Maybe some of the other um, uh, speakers can help me understand this question a bit better. But what I'm thinking is that it's very important to discuss readiness for marriage. Um, and first of all, if you don't have those discussions, then that can be an issue as well. If you have those discussions, but you still get the sense, I don't know if this person is actually ready for marriage. There are, of course, some things to keep in consideration, like can you see this person um, being a teammate when it comes to finances, a teammate when it comes 
to um, household division of labor, like who does what kind of thing. Is this person a teammate for me when it comes to emotional support? Um, is this person a teammate when it comes to in the future, if we both want kids and plan on having kids in terms of parenting? So really assess whether this person is a teammate, not so much is this person nice on my shoulder or am I just happy that I have all these amazing gushy feelings? So again, it's also helpful to get the input from other people about this as well. In terms of family and cultural influences, I can understand that culturally and family, there may be a lot of pressure that it's like engagement is the gateway to relationship. It's like, if you're not engaged, you can't get to know someone, you can't spend time with them kind of thing. It's, I can understand that being a pressure. And, and that's, a, that's a real challenge for a lot of people because they have to then either propose or accept a proposal. And now it's like, all right, I'm getting to know you, but we're also planning a wedding. So it can be challenging. So my invitation for you is, of course, you know, set boundaries and limits that you that align with your values and, and align with the churches, of course. And um, and uh, but but be intentional about having that dating phase that Hanan was talking about, and not just okay, I need to get engaged so that I can actually date. And oh, we're engaged. I guess we have to get married, but I'm not sure yet, kind of thing. So so take your time. Um, my, my thought is that there should not be a rush to jump into marriage because when there is a rush, then it's, uh, it, it gets a lot more tricky when it comes to assessing the, uh, the fit. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Very good. Very good and very helpful. Thank you. Uh, have a question for Hanen. I know maybe the other uh, panelists might have some feedback. I'm just probably going to conclude with the, with the coming two questions to respect uh, uh, the timing as well, uh, and at least to cover questions uh, that people are, have asked. Uh, is it okay to be dating someone to get to know her, him better, but you're not sure if it will work or not, work out? Uh, uh, how many dates does it take to figure out uh, if there is a chance at a relationship working out long-term? Best questions to ask to help you make a decision. Uh, Hanan. Okay. So just to be respectful of the time too, I'll try to make this uh, very, uh, very short and sweet. Um, so yes, you're supposed to be dating somebody to get to know them. So yes, the, the question, number of dates, you really can't put a number of dates, like how many dates, like five dates, 10 dates, 15 dates, six months, eight, like there's really not a number. I think there's just more of criteria that I think it's important to be some sort of uh, to be met some of them or hopefully all of them to for us to continue to move on to the next phase of our relationship and I think that so there's six of them the first one is um our and and you can put them into questions first question is am I excited to be with this person do I get excited seeing them and I'm not I don't mean just excitement as far as uh, physical excitement. I mean more, actually, do I like to be out with this person? Do I enjoy my time with this person? Are we having a good time? Are we able to do activities together? That's very important. If I'm not excited and I can't wait to leave, that says something right there. Like if we're sitting in a restaurant and you're looking for the exit or you're looking at the clock the minute I need to go, that says right there that, okay, that date that should not go to the next date. Um, number two, I would say, um, 
or along that part of the excitement, we, I, sh I think we should think, are we friends? Can we be friends? Can we uh, trust each other? Can we start building some trust? And can we um, enjoy each other's company? So along that excitement that we move on into some sort of a friendship, some sort of a be able to uh, enjoy that friendship together and get to know each other in a way that's um, enjoyable for both of us. Uh, number number three, I would say your level of communication. Is there a sense of communication? Are we able to communicate in a way that we do have some sort of an understanding? Can I communicate my feeling with this person? Can I share what's on my mind? Whatever is the situation is going to actually do express it to them. I would say number four, our sense of commitment. Um, when we do get through argument, when we do get through situation, are we willing to work it through? Or as soon as a situation happened, I don't hear from the person. For days, we're giving each other the silent treatment. Or no matter what happens, we are willing to work it through, to talk it through. Um, another thing is, um, which I think is important, and I know Abuna did mention about being the honesty and the transparency and how much I can share, but I think at one point in the relationship as it grows, am I willing to be vulnerable with this person, start sharing things about me that I wouldn't tell anybody else because I'm sharing with this person because there's that sense of trust and safety. You'll notice that girls may start sharing some things about happened in their past, or guys may share things about things that happened to them in the past, um, as far as they're maybe in their family or their childhood. And am I willing to take that in? Am I willing to comfort the person? Am I willing to uh, have that being shared in a safe space and the person is able to be there for me? And obviously we don't do that on the first date. We don't do it on the second date. We actually building the trust over time. And that says, okay, if this relationship is moving towards that, that's a great thing. I would say the sixth thing is the community. How much am I willing to start telling my friends, sharing with my friends, um, I'm seeing this person, what do you think? Let's do double date. Let's go with other couples. Let's go with older, you know, a little bit couples who are a bit ahead in their dating or they're maybe engaged and see how we interact and let them look at us interacting and giving us feedback. How are we doing this together? Um, so I would say just this, I just kind of scan through them quickly. We can obviously, another chance if we get, I can go into more details about them. But if those criteria are there, I would say keep going. If one of those or a couple of those are not met, I would say just, you know, move on to the, you know, move on where you, you would be able to find those things. Great, this is, thank you, Hanan. Uh, just to the, the comments uh, that Justin and Hanan have, uh, have uh, said, um, I also encourage, uh, uh, and I do encourage people to take their time to figure each other out and to understand one another out. I, I have no, it's not a but that I want to add to this. However, um, like we said, there are other factors that, uh, that are coming in that are pressuring young people, un unfortunately, to jump sometimes too quickly into a commitment in the relationship. And some of these are cultural factors, but they are real factors. And we have to handle them as real factors. It's not a matter of ignoring uh, the parents. Maybe it's a matter of communicating with the parents, involving the church, the priest, to speak with the parents, but also cannot be ignored. Like, I, I, it almost sounds like uh, 
you know, people can, for example, they can have a very long-term relationship, uh, but the parents, you know, they, they can't handle that. They, they're having such a hard time handling. And I know it's, the, you know, the parents need to learn to handle some of that and all, but it's, it's a reality. Uh, what forms the culture of young people in, 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 uh, in North America is, is a certain type of culture. And what forms the, the understanding of their parents is an equally, uh, you know, existing culture. And one culture doesn't necessarily have to be better than the other or worse than the other. We have to deal with reality in the sense that we have to understand the sensitivity with which parents address these things and how uncomfortable uh, uh, Coptic uh, Egyptian parents would have with long-term um, uh, unclear type of uh, dating and so on and so forth. And all I'm saying is that this has to be discussed and it has to be brought to the forefront at one point and not simply ignoring one way uh, to benefit the other. I just, I'm just trying to hope, uh, I'm, I'm bringing sort of a balance here uh, uh, to understand, yes, we have to know the person. And if someone after six, seven months, a year says, I'm really not sure, I, I still need more time, say, okay, that's, yes, but the pressure coming from the parents is, as, is also valid. I would say as valid from their perspective, um, you know, it has to be taken in consideration, has to be uh, discussed and talked about and worked through as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It is, it is, it is a common thing, Abuna, definitely that uh, that, that that rises up, like the the, the tension between the, the the willingness to take time and the parents. Uh, uh, when, when when is he going to propose? When are we going to see? When are we going to see a ring? Yes. Uh, yeah thank you so yeah it, it needs to be worked worked out and discussed uh in in a balanced way thank you Bona. and maybe maybe i would like this to be kind of the concluding uh, question and it's to abuna pshoi and it's about the age difference uh, uh, how important is age difference in relationship what are the challenges that you might face if there is a big age difference for example 10 years apart uh, can guy can the guy be younger uh, than the girl? Uh, I am a girl and my rules has been two years above uh, or below, but I'm not sure if below is okay. So very interesting question. And I read uh, different things, uh, uh, you know, in terms of research, there is research that says, oh, anyone who thinks there is a problem, uh, we have this piece of, uh, of information or results from this research that shows that actually a gap is a good thing. And uh, it's interesting when you look into the Middle Eastern, uh, uh, our grandparent generation, for example, there was a huge gap, but always preferring, always actually was a gap, but the male was the um, older uh, and, 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 and uh, the female would be the younger. Uh, I think I think in general, uh, I, I was reading in one of the articles says eight percent of North Americans have a gap of ten years uh, in in their marriage or more. Uh, then I think that could be different in different areas of the world. Generally speaking, the majority do meet within their circles of friends or colleagues, which makes their age close to one another. 
does the church think it's an important factor? I believe so. I think the church highlights this as an important matter, especially as the couple age. Uh, there are different, they enter into different stages in their life cycle. And that was also one of the things that was highlighted in research with the age gap uh, uh, couples and, and marriages is that uh, there is a difference in the, the stage in, uh, within the life cycle, which means uh, each would have different tasks and challenges in life to, uh, uh, to, to tackle. And also um, that may create an extra stress on the relationship. The, the matter, the, the point is, how do they handle the stress? What is their cookie cutter for stress management? You know, if they have a good cookie cutter, hopefully they'll they'll cut it out as, uh, as other things they have in their lives and they've bonded even further. Um, there's also the issue of the, the aging, the physical changes that happen. And usually if, if a man is, is hoping to have children, again, marrying someone who is uh, 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 older than him and they and he himself is, is old may not be an option. So there are again other factors to look into. Um, can the guy be younger than the girl? If the question is can, I think they can. Yes, it happens. <laughs> they can be younger and uh, there are uh, you probably know a couple here and there that uh, where where the the you know the wife is older than uh, than her husband. It's not something that is quite common, but it does exist. Uh, preferably, again, the age gap, the, generally speaking, would not be too big for the reasons that I mentioned and for connection. Um, for better connection. The church says two to three years, okay, more than three, four, four years, five years, uh, still okay, can work it through. I think the church says 15 plus, and again, I'm talking about the male being older here. Uh, the, the church would give, would provide counseling to the couple first and uh, would recommend against it. But if the couple would like to move forward, they would not hold them back from their marriage, but they would have counseled them with you know, the potential issues, all taken uh, pretty much from uh, studies and what, you know, what people have seen and, and so on and so forth. And if they do ins insist on the marriage, then they would go ahead for, you know, with the marriage. But again, it is an important factor, age, uh, and there are things for it and against it. Generally speaking, people marry within their own circle of friends, so the age gap is small. Um, preferably the, uh, you know, that uh, uh, due to physical changes, and as we know, men are, they put some sort of value, generally speaking, on, uh, on physical attraction and on, on, on looks and so on and so forth. This, uh, you know, it's something that is within the, the constitution of, of, of men, generally speaking. So again, these, these come to play a factor later on, uh, not when they're in their 20s and 30s, but more when they are, they're in their 40s, 50s. Uh, entering into midlife crisis uh, and so on and so forth. And as I mentioned, the difference in the life cycle and the stress that that brings with it. So I, I hope that I was clear in my answer, uh, but it's not a very easy and you know question uh, uh, to give like a very specific answer to. But the church does have kind of a clear cutoff with uh, you know 15 years of age. 
then 10, 10, 10 plus, yeah, 10 plus, um, uh, then the church, you know, would, would do the counseling and, and recommend against it, uh, but then would not stop the marriage if the couple insists. We'll have them document that they have been counseled. And uh, so they can't use the age gap pretty much later on to say, you know what, I, this isn't working because of the age gap. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, because because it, in, in, in some cases, I cannot, it's not all, but in some cases, yes, there has been an issue with this big age gap and it was claimed on the age gap. So uh, as Abuna mentioned, yes, uh, here in the, I'm not sure if it's a, in, 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 in the Coptic Orthodox Church or like in the diocese at least that uh, of, of Mississauga, Vancouver, Western Canada, there is a document for uh, 10 plus that they are advised and counseled and they have to consent that they were advised and counseled. And if they want to proceed, of course, they would proceed. And it has happened, yes. Uh, thank you, Abuna Pshoi. Thank you, Hanan. Thank you, Justin. Uh, so I want to conclude by, by, by first thanking our Lord Jesus Christ, who I'm confident was present and blessed us with his uh, uh, presence uh, with us all the time. And I'm sure he kind of, even with despite of the challenges of the pandemic, he keeps on renewing uh, our hope and granting us peace and his uh, uh, and this wonderful opportunity to gather. I know that we're gathered seeing only the panelists, but I think it's uh, questions all because of questions that you raised, wonderful questions and wonderful answers. Thank you uh, uh, very much, uh, uh, Abuna, Hanan, and Justin again. Uh, I really appreciate it, and, and all of us appreciate it. Special, special thank you to the guest speakers, Abuna, uh, Hanan, and Justin, and uh, also special thank you to all the Edge team who worked in preparing uh, uh, all of this. So, and, and they are watching uh, the, the YouTube as well. And but we have here with us uh, uh, Marina uh, uh, doing handling the the, the technological uh, stuff. Thank you, Marina. Uh, so, so, so all the Edge team, they, they, they worked hard preparing the idea, the flyer, the technical issues. And again, I'd like to conclude by what our Lord said, be of good cheers. I have overcome the world. Yes, we are facing real challenges and they impact us definitely, uh, but we are not alone. Uh, and I like the comments uh, uh, that were shared uh, uh, that, that, that we need to focus on the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, I, I, I like the comment about kind of dating yourself, going out with yourself. I think this is this this, this is really very nice. So at the crucible of criteria for for finding the ones and for the relationships and uh, 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 and disclosure and exceptions uh, expectations. I mean, so uh, uh, really thank you. And uh, we we're gonna work hard. We, we right now we received above eighty questions. Uh, before the panel, I think we had like 52, uh, but right now we have 80, we treasure, we value all the questions that were sent, and we're definitely, as Edge team, we're going to do our best to see uh, if we can have a follow-up panel or any uh, a, a meeting that would be able to address the questions, because they are questions that are important for you. We're going to do our best to maybe tailor talks and topics around uh, uh, covering these uh, questions in one form or another. And uh, one more, a couple of things as a reminder, we're gonna try like uh, in Edge, uh, and I invite all the, the other meetings is to be visible, please, <laughs> with your camera. 
And trust me, like uh, as, as Edge team, all of us agree with the first opportunity of good weather. We're, we're, we're aiming to plan an outdoor outing and activities to hopefully see one another face to face. So stay tuned. Uh, uh, there is hope. Nice weather is coming around the corner. Uh, 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 we're going to do our best and we thank our Lord for uh, all the blessing. The nice weather uh, is from God. So he's bringing the nice uh, weather soon, God willing. Uh, thank you all. And I would like to ask Abuna Bishoy uh, to conclude. But uh, Marina, is there any other announcement that you would like to make? Uh, no, Abuna, it was just the announcement about where we will be playing some games uh, at the end of our edge meetings at the end. Uh, so please try and stick around after um, each talk. Usually the talks are short. They're about uh, 20 minutes to 10 minutes max. So it's not... Uh, it's not too long and sometimes we'll have workshops or um, breakout rooms where you can have discussions afterwards. So please stick around after, uh, not today, because today is, has already been a long meeting, uh, but we, uh, we meet every Thursday, every couple of weeks. So if you stick around, uh, we always have some social events planned, um, not, not in person, but at least virtually. So that's about it. Great. Thank you, Marina. Uh, Abuna, could you, Abuna Pshay, could you conclude with a prayer for us, please? Sure, Abuna, please absolve me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. O King of peace, grant us your peace, O Lord. Settle upon us your peace. Forgive us our sins. And hear us, O Lord, as we pray with all things within. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Thank you, everyone. Uh, have a good night. Uh, Abuna, Hanan, and Justin, and Marina, have a good night, everyone. Uh, I look forward to seeing everyone uh, soon in person. Have a good night. Thank good you. Night. Have a good night. Good night, Abuna. Thank you.